We are live. Good to see you today, my EOS podcast friends. Welcome to the EOS podcast, the home of the Mr. Happy Money proxy. Today we have an amazing show. We have Ben Sigman from SenseChat and Shios. So much going on with both those projects right now, so we're going to get into all of that. Ben, welcome to the show, and go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Thanks for having me, Brendan. Hey, everybody. Uh, ben Sigmund here. I'm the CTO of Shios and also SenseChat, which is an EOS-based chat application that just launched two weeks ago, and I'm really excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Killer. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I'm pumped to dig into SenseChat, and I went through all the things that Shios did this year as a block producer, and that's pretty impressive as well. So we'll get into all that. Um, how we start the show is, Ben, what do you think the most interesting thing going on in all of EOS right now is? Yeah, I think the most interesting thing is is sort of, well, honestly, I think that the upcoming uh, constitution changes are very interesting. Yeah. yeah. The EUA is picking up a lot of steam and um, and I think it's a really interesting solution to the problem that we're having um, related to governance in EOS and really empowering block producers who seem to be the ones that actually, you know, care the most about the network and about voting and uh, have the most to sort of lose and gain from being able to pull this story together because it hasn't, hasn't been a great story of EOS governance so far. Yeah, <clears throat> governance is so funny because when we were initially doing this, I remember thinking, oh, cool, you know, everyone's going to be interested in what happens to the chain and everyone's going to want to vote and try to push the chain in a direction. And then it turns out like no one cares. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're just happy it's working. And like, so the block producers end up with uh, the people who actually care this, this in the, in the governance thing. It, uh, it definitely caught me by surprise, like shook my paradigm a little bit like, oh, but that, but that makes sense. I think that, uh, you know, governance is a lot. I even, I do EOS all day and I still uh, give government governance kind of a, a just a brief overview you know it's it, there's so much there it's it's amazing and I actually believe that what we're doing in EOS is going to be really impactful in the future of how people think about decentralized governance mm -hmm. you know and and what's what the developments that are happening with the EOS DAO because I also do some work with the EOS Alliance slash becoming EOS DAO and the direction that's going to have the first nonprofit that's going to be have that's going to have complete on-chain governance and also have a corporate nonprofit entity that is tied to it is like just a really interesting sort of experiment. There's lots of experiments, but this one I think is also going to set some ground for all kinds of future nonprofits to operate in a more transparent and responsible way. Yeah, nonprofits are one of those places that lose so much money along the way just through inefficiency and it's it's a beautiful place to change the globe a little bit because that's one of those things that everyone loves to be a part of nonprofits and help and donate to them, but there's there's so much bloat that to figure that out is is this direct line to kind of change the world. That's that is that's pretty rad. Um, yeah. Yeah, you I you know also, I also just want to say that I'm one of the most exciting things I think is happening in EOS is SenseChat. Yeah, for you sure. Know, because first time, really, I feel like my EOS account has come alive. You know, people are able to write me on my EOS account and we can chat with our accounts and it just feels, it makes the account feel so much more robust. Mm -hmm. than just a name that can transact. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, 
I just started playing with um, with uh, WhatsApp or not WhatsApp. The uh, man, how am I forgetting this? But any the the Chinese app that basically everything is built on in China. But they you can um, WeChat. WeChat. Thank you. <laughs> That's how much time I spend in EOS. I can't even remember WeChat. But it, <laughs> uh, in, in WeChat, it's like you're chatting, you're sending money, like, and it's 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 this alive thing. It's like you're in this ecosystem, and it's the it's it gives this feeling of human interaction, like it would be more if you were in person. Like you can hand someone money, you can send them a message, you can buy movie tickets, you can do all these things, and that's kind of this this step that Sense Chat's taken where. Uh, like you're saying, now there's life within your EOS account. It's not just some random number and weird transactions going through. Well, you know, it's funny. I was using WeChat a lot to talk to our Chinese homies in EOS and even uh, the Chinese um, community manager that we have in Shios. And my WeChat account got blocked for some reason um, due to some strange activity. Maybe someone was trying to hack my account. But because it's tied to my phone number, you know, um, someone could find the account and then try to log in multiple times by like sending me messages or, you know, having text messages come to me and trying to intercept them and all kinds of things. But my account has been totally blocked for months now. I've tried to work with several people to get it restored because you have to have someone who's been a contact for six months. There's all these rules about it. Anyway, I'm still locked out of it. Hmm. And it's just, I don't know why I'm locked out, but, but I can't even get it back online. I mean, I'm a very technical person very cable, but it's, it's very complicated to try to recover my account on there and get back online when I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't lose my password or my key or do anything suspicious on there personally. I think someone else was trying to get into my account and then that caused my account to be locked somehow. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, that's kind of a, uh, a nice little thing to think about since chat, uh, safely chat, transact with your friends and family where you have control. It's, 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 that's the whole point, right? Is that you have that could never happen to you on SenseChat. Yeah. We are never gonna block someone from being able to log in at all and access their tokens or their contacts. Like that's just not part of the uh, part of the part of the platform at all. Yeah, yeah. And also you can't be attacked based on your phone number. Even though we do have an SMS authentication to verify that you're a real person so that we can't get um, gamed by people just running scripts on us. You know, um, that number is not tied to your account anyway. It can't be used to recover it or try to attack it to reset passwords or anything like that. Yeah. So um, it also has um, video chat as well. Is that something that's, that's active currently? Is that something that's on the roadmap or what's that look like? Totally active. The video chat is alive and working on a one-to-one -one call basis. That's totally peer-to-peer. So, um, so it's really, really interesting, actually, the way it works. It's, it's an encrypted video messenger for one-to-one -one conversations right now. And we're looking into uh, building, out, building that out more, depending on sort of a match between what users want and what we have in mind for the platform. Where those two things match up, where the most users want, what we also agree with, we build that thing. You know, mm -hmm. if someone's like, I want you to build, um, you know, a plant, a store to sell plants, well, that probably doesn't align with our roadmap. But if it did, then we would prioritize building that thing. You know, yeah. so we're kind of co-creating with the users. So if you're a user sense chat already, you can get on there and give feedback. You can vote right in the app on features. And we actually take that into a very strong consideration 
into what we're building. So we're co-creating it with the users that we have now. And the product is evolving at a really fast rate. And we're really excited about it. That, that's killer. So what's, the, what's kind of the most used feature right now? What are people enjoying the most? Um, the most used feature is just, the, uh, just sending messages back and forth to EOS accounts. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is doing video calls. But if you look on here, it's like you can vote for these features in the app. There's a button in here that says request a feature. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, group chat has 359 votes. So you can go in here okay. and vote on the features. And then finding people is got 180 votes. So, you know, mm-hmm. people want to be able to use the, uh, use the app to socialize. And we really conceptualized this as more of a private messenger that had security features to enable people to transact and send messages using their EOS keys. But, you know, sort of what we're learning a lot from the community members that we have is what they really want is Telegram using their EOS account. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Telegram is like the, what everyone in the States is on, at least it, using EOS. So like, that makes sense for sure. For sure. Really um, makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Dot chat. um and and shios has been up to so much as well this is this is a shios project how is sense chat affiliated with shios is it it's actually not i mean well well i'll tell you how it is affiliated is that crystal and i work on both projects okay and you know i was i was really friendly with crystal um before shios but we had not worked together Mm-hmm. And when we started working together on Shios uh, last year, we just really, I mean, I just really found that I really respected her a lot. And she's so hardworking and she's so smart and she's so positive and every obstacle is an opportunity. And I was like, I just think she's a really great person, a really great entrepreneur. And um, I started off as an advisor at SenseChat. And, um, that just grew to my involvement becoming more and more until I became the CTO essentially. And she asked me to come on and help out. And I was so excited and honored to come and work on this product because it aligned with so many of my interests. I mean, I have a lot of strong opinions about app and product. Um, I have experience building mobile apps. Um, I love chat applications and I use them like religiously. I mean, most of my phone usage is in chat apps you know, for the past year, especially with all the EO stuff going on. You know, I mean, Telegram became my gateway to the internet. I was using that more than Reddit and browsers, which was kind of like a flip-flop from where I was the year before. Yeah. So what are, what are some of your kind of uh, like strong opinions as far as chat apps, how they should function? Is it, is it mostly centered around um, uh, being able to safely chat and transact? It's like security. Well, I think, yeah, I think that first and foremost, you know, we, as citizens of the internet, we have the right to be in control of our own messages and our own data, you know, and, and that data is valuable and we should understand that it's valuable, you know, and that we're valuable and that the services that exist now are brokering that data to earn and in exchange they give us a free service. But I think that there's other ways to be able to monetize in an application. And so um, one of, well, we, we have a lot of ideas around how this is gonna work, 
but you know we're 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 experimenting with a lot of these ways coming up in the next few months here. But I'll, I'll comment on your question really quickly, which is, you know, how do I think that chat should be different? And I think we we look at the evolution of chat and how it how it came about. You know, um, it's really sort of like a tool of how we communicate and collaborate online, and how we gather digitally. So that started off with like bulletin board systems, which kind of became forums, and then eventually forums were replaced by Reddit. Reddit has a really great way of separating signal from noise. You know, it's kind of like one of the originators of figuring out how to do this. It's a very low cost platform to get into because it's free. You can get into Reddit and be posting content immediately. So there's a low cost of failure. But then they've come up with a really great system where you can vote things up or down to separate out what's important and then you can filter based on that and get notifications based on that and everything. And so I'm a little surprised that apps like Telegram and WhatsApp haven't figured out yet how to do this because you can react to uh, messages, but that reaction isn't, doesn't carry any weight in the system at all. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're tokenizing that weighting of the uh, likes essentially. So one of the roles of the sense token will be that when you, when you like what someone has posted, you will use the token to give weight to that uh, message. And that can inform all kinds of filtering and, and notifications. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm in a telegram chat now, it's, I see all these people doing plus one. Yeah. Plus one, plus one when they agree to something and they have to actually respond to the message because there's no way to react in telegram at all. Mm -hmm. And I've been noticing how just there's so much noise in my chats that I'd like to see more tooling around organizing and being able to filter that down better. You know, like there's, there's chat channels where you can tune into just like Dan and Brendan, you know, <laughs> because you might be really curious about hearing what these guys have to say over the thousand or 10,000 other people in the EOS chat. Mm -hmm. How many people are in there? It's like 5,000 yeah. or 10,000 people. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there all day and read every message. I don't yeah. know. I'm not. No. But I might be curious about what Dan comes in and says because, you know, I, I, he might have important updates that I would want to tune into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's things like this that I think are just small improvements that we, can, that we can use our token for and sort of gamify and also give people the ability to earn off of providing quality content and quality knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is it something where you are transferring tokens? Is it something where the tokens are coming out of like an inflation rate? Have you got into the tokenomics yet about how the how it'll work? Yeah, I'm going to actually be publishing something about this soon. And, and, you know, for you or for anyone that's interested in seeing early drafts, they can, they can reach out to me. We have, we've done a lot of thinking about it and we've circulated with, um, with our advisors and, it's sort of going through our legal department now, but we have a lot of ideas about it. I don't know how much I can say about it now, but we've got exciting uses for the token coming. Cool. Well, we do not have any inflation rate built into our tokenomics right now at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. So supply of tokens will, will only go down. 
Cool. Well, I look forward to, I, I'm definitely going to be interested in that article. Um, see what, what kind of your initial ideas around the token are. Um, I was a big fan of steam it and, you know, loved the experiment there. I'm really excited to see what comes out with um, EOS, you know, so it's, yeah, it, it's, it, the problem that you're looking at solving of basically bringing the good content to the top so that curating good content with these incentives, like with token incentives is, um, you know, if you can make headway or solve that problem, that's just going to be such a game changer. I love that big thought. I think so too, man. I think it's an iterative process and, you know, we have ideas about what would work. We have hypotheses and we're going to need to test those hypotheses and then iterate on them. And um, I think that our hypotheses are pretty good around it, but you know, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the next few months. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's, that's killer. Um, so the other big thing kind of that stands out to me as far as what you got, what you've been working on, what uh, Shios is, was working on is um, the EOS 21 protocol. So how did, how did your team kind of pick up the, 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 the torch on that and make that happen? Because everyone was wanting that to happen. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, we, we sort of conceptualized the idea just after the launch of EOS that, you know what, there's going to be projects who want to move from Ethereum to EOS and, and they're going to need to enable their token holders the choice to move their tokens or do an airdrop, you know, and, and there's some legal ramifications around airdropping. So, so if you, if you freeze a token, um, if you freeze a token contract and then do an airdrop to it on a new chain, there's some lawyers and some companies that may not be able to do that as easily as if they gave their users the choice to move with the platform. You know, so when, when we kind of conceptualize this, we, we really thought of sense as a use case, because at that point in time, Chris was already talking about how she wanted to move her application development over to EOS okay. for a lot of reasons. EOS was faster. There was no transaction fees. It couldn't be crushed by crypto kitties, you know, <laughs> and it had readable account names and, and account name security and permissions levels and so many great things that are built in at the base layer that just seem inherently better for a chat app. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. It, it's like the practical tool that you, you're, that Crystal herself needed. That's, that's a, that's a killer way to, to push things forward. That's actually the most practical answer you could have, I guess. Um, so how long, how long was she working on SenseChat on the ETH platform and how, how far along did it get there? You know, I think SenseChat wasn't conceptualized fully until after the launch, mm -hmm. but there were other projects that they were working on uh, along the lines of allowing people to monetize on their knowledge. You know, and, and then SenseChat is sort of an evolution of those things. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that's going to be a core part of what we're building, is allowing people to, you know, um, allowing people to, to monetize their knowledge and information by gating content that they might be sharing with people as answers to questions in, in the app where you can you can charge some amount of tokens to be able to give access to any person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a, a great tool that I thought was a great tool that didn't take 
off necessarily was uh, that earn, I think it was called earn or .com or something like that, but where you could have access to people, you pay some certain amount of Bitcoin and then, you know, you can actually email someone and get a response from them. Um, yeah, yeah but- I think it's, I think it's tough because the way earn approached it, well, I don't know how much the demand was for, for someone to reach out for you and extract information from you for a price. But when you offer up information and then um, it gets uh, verified by other people that it's good, then other people might be more willing to pay for that content. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to know how to, how to, how to draw a chestahedron, okay? Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to draw a chestahedron in five seconds. And you knew how to draw a chestahedron in five seconds. And then you did an instructional video on how to do that. Then if other people were paying you to view the video and then also rating that and voting on it as being good, then I would be more likely to watch your video for that or whatever mm-hmm. knowledge you had to teach me about. Mm-hmm. So these are, these, are, these are one of the, this is one of the things that we've been discussing is, uh, you know, how will people choose to use SenseChat? We're going to provide tools to build channels. You know, if you've used the app now, you've noticed that there are some public channels in there now. And in the future, we're going to open up so that people can build their own channels. And the way we view a channel is almost like a domain, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and so you'll, you'll purchase the right to use that domain. And then you'll have a lot of tools that are provided by us to build on it, to gate access or gate access to content. And it'll be open to the users to use our imagination to, to build uh, either monetization or growth tools around growing their communities and encouraging really great conversations. Oh, that's, that's a really interesting take because you think of these uh, telegram channels that people build, you know, that have a thousand people in it and they've kind of curated this ongoing conversation, but there is, there's no way to necessarily directly um, kind of benefit or extract value from that or, you know, or, or be compensated for the value that those telegram uh, people are, are, what they're, you know what they're adding to the ecosystem. So um, that that's a that's a really cool different way to think about it. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, what? Uh, so you're kind of thinking like a Telegram slash Reddit type of, uh, and it sounds like even a little bit of Steemit type of type of integration. Anything else that you're like? Any tools and other apps that you're looking at that that make sense to you? I think overall, you know, what we're looking to do is to build something unique and Mm -hmm. we are, we're building something that's different, you know, and, and we, we're, we're not trying to play the game of beat other chat applications at straight chat. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is beat them at games they can't even play. Mm -hmm. And that involves how do we really leverage crypto? How do we leverage blockchain? How do we leverage EOS? to do something really different. And these are, these are all ideas that we're going to be testing out over the next few months and throwing out there to our community of, of users and token holders to really see what they can create with what we give them. Yeah. I mean, and it, the idea of, I really like how you're kind of crowdsourcing the, the user's ideas with letting them suggest features and vote. I mean, that that's, that's huge. That's, 
I haven't seen that necessarily with, I mean, I probably haven't been early enough on chat apps to see that kind of thing, but, um, I haven't seen it either. Honestly, yeah. Any apps that really allow this level of voting on, on what's going to be potentially built and really give a voice to people. I mean, one of our main goals is to align the incentives of the platform with the users. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so the question is kind of like, you know, instead of, profiting from people's data and selling that data to advertisers, you know, how can we all grow and profit together? Like one of my goals personally with SenseChat is how do we give people the opportunity to earn off of their knowledge? How do we give them the opportunity to create a marketplace for NFTs and for uh, information that they, that they're providing to people or even just quality chat environments that are that are well moderated and um and and well organized like there's so much value to be created there and also rewarded for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then if we can accomplish that then we can earn together you know yeah it's it's this common theme uh, in crypto in general is this idea that as humans we're adding all this value to the world that that we for a long time, didn't, weren't even aware as far as on the internet that we were adding, you know, we're adding all this value to Facebook, all this value through Google, all this value all over the place. And we were just thinking, oh, well, you know, or not even noticing we're adding value, just thinking, oh, this is nice. They're doing this for free. I think now people are starting to open their eyes and go, oh my gosh, like we are adding all this value. This is our thoughts. These are our ideas and our, you know, our, our way to be a part of a community. And there's that value being, uh, given directly to the person who's adding it is a beautiful thing, you know, especially with, with how much people are spending, how much of people's lives are spent um, within the internet now or, or online at least, uh, you know. So, yeah, it, it's just a cool idea. If you, if you think back, and this is a quick idea here, but if you think back to people back in the day, they had this property and they're going around like tinkering on their property, farming and, you know, talking to their neighbors and trading vegetables and shit. And all this is, it's, they're adding value within their little ecosystem, but they they were being rewarded from it. It's this peer to peer idea. And now, uh, maybe we're kind of going back to that where, where our property is our property. And when we add value to it, we get something in return. I think that's a cool, big idea. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, since so right now, since chat is uh, chat, video, and um, and uh, being able to send EOS through the wallet, um, and sense tokens, and sense tokens, that's killer. And what do you think? Um, is there anything going on right now? Uh, or and if if that's right now, what's what's the future look like? Well, I think I've talked about the future a little bit, but. You know, the next big thing for us is to really allow people to create their own channels, cool. you know, create their own group chats, and then really empower those people who are creators and community leaders to grow the app mm -hmm. and grow their own uh, communities in the app. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a killer project and, and, um, just the amount of different directions it could go, especially with all the community feedback. It's, it's going to be really fun to kind of watch it develop. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to understand that like, we're not pretending to have all the answers. Uh, we can, we've, we've, we can build a really quality uh, user experience and 
um, really secure messaging app. But you know, in terms of the way that the product evolves, we're really interested in what users want to do with it. We've gotten such great engagement from the EOS community so far. We're so thankful to you guys for doing interviews and making videos and sharing the app with people. You know, it's been uh, really incredible. We're, we're getting a lot of downloads and a lot of daily activity on it. And I think that when we, when we enable more on-chain activity, like we have the potential to be the biggest app in blockchain entirely. That's a beautiful thing. I love it. And start to get that network effect too, especially since it's, uh, you know, it can grow with EOS as users come into EOS and sense chat, uh, you know, if it's a kind of the EOS chat app, then, um, you know, that, that network effect starts to take, take, take effect. So that's, that's exciting to think about for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the big things that we're looking at right now is how do we get our, our public channels that we have now to be on chain, then it can be even digested by other apps and websites mm -hmm. so that other people could even view it and interact with it in different ways. It could be like an open data of the messages that are sent on there. You know, one of the big challenges we have is that our messages take up about two kilobytes of RAM each. So it would become cost prohibitive for any user to be paying four cents per message to store mm -hmm. them on chain. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're looking into things like the DAP layer we're actively testing right now internally, because we have our own internal testnet app where we're doing on-chain messaging and also uh, voting that we're experimenting with the best ways to build these features that we have in our roadmap and deliver them in a really quality, great way that's still gonna be low cost to the users for free. Yeah. What, uh, what information needs to, what information aside from, I guess, the, the EOS and SenseChat uh, needs to be on chain? Well, I don't know if any of it needs to be on chain, but, but one, one, I, one thing that we want to do is for the channels that we run, uh, the channels that we've created now, we want to create an on-chain record of all of those messages. Because in a public chat, in a public channel, there's no expectation of privacy. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's known mm -hmm. that anyone can join the channel and view it. And so we would like to see that those messages go onto an on-chain record. Mm -hmm. That is, I mean, that's like... Uh... That's one of the things that people loved about Steemit was this idea of putting things down on the blockchain, you know, putting a written history of what, what has happened or what people's thoughts at the time were and, and how those evolved. Yeah. 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 I think it's cool. I mean, I think we're definitely very inspired by Steemit. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am personally really inspired by Steemit. I think Steemit has done such a great job of being, in my experience, like a very low trolley platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly why that is, but when I read Steemit articles and I see the comments, I just don't see a lot of trolly anger and, you know, it's mostly like really positive, uh, positive comments, commentary and positive articles that I read on Steemit. Yeah, that that's definitely that's definitely true. It was like almost that that monetary incentive or even penalty that threat even if it was a small penalty was enough for people just to realize that like uh 
you know, there's, there's consequences to what we say and do online and just that little bit of disincentive or incentive to like act like a real human and, and treat people nicely was what went so far. That was kind of a weird phenomenon on there for sure. But yeah, it was fun. Everyone's all friendly and one or a lot of friendliness, a lot of cool comments, a lot of really um, quality discussion a lot of intellectual people on there. Yeah, it's, it's a cool platform for sure. It's cool. And it's, it's so different from Reddit in that way. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's really interesting to look at how different platforms cultivate uh, different communities and different levels of engagement. And, you know, we definitely see ourselves as, as a place where, where we want to continue that legacy of, you know, positivity and, um, and just opportunity for people to build and earn, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a really collaborative uh, environment. You know, that, that's another kind of bigger picture thought when you say the positivity, because when, when humans engage, when I see people from EOS at conferences, or I see like, you know, let's say I see like a EO or excuse me, like an ETH maximalist or something at a conference and me and them talk, it's, it's civil. We like each other. We share some ideas. Uh, we like could disagree civilly on points, but we're, but we're like friends. I'd have a beer with them. We'll hang out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but you come across someone like that online in, in a Reddit forum and they might just say the most outrageous things in the entire world. So uh, that's another thing where blockchain is, hopefully going to enable more of this human to human interaction where, uh, where people have, and I don't know if it's just because there's some sort of, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what the phenomenon is, but, uh, in steam it, like people treated each other, like almost more like they would in person. And that, and that was a, that was a big thing. That's cool. Yeah. I noticed that too. It's, it's really interesting. I think steam it has done a really great job and that's why it sense we're really inspired by Steemit and we're, we're, we're taking some lessons that we learned from, from what we see happening in Steemit and applying that to our thought process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, just, I mean, they taught so many, that, that, that platform taught so many lessons. They were kind of like that first platform. Here's like a bunch of things that work and here's a bunch of things that don't work. Now like go build something better, please. <laughs> you know, so yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's cool. It's very cool. Um, so we, we've covered SenseChat uh, pretty thoroughly. If anything comes up, uh, it pops up in your mind, feel free to jump back into SenseChat. But um, let's, uh, let's transition a little bit into Shios. Um, I've got my Shios pin on right here. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yep. And you've got the, uh, the Chestahedron. And I wanted to give a shout out to Virtual Growth. I've seen him also sporting yeah. that. So I know, <laughs> VG, uh, so I know that uh, those aren't uh, – they aren't common. Like you said, they're for, they're for EOS OGs. So <laughs> cool to see. OG, what's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Shios, uh, the EOS 21 protocol, of course, which is big so that ETH projects can port over to EOS. Um, yeah, have you, so we're yeah. actually, we're, 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 we're using that right now to allow our token holders to move at sense. Cool. So you can go to sensetoken.com and see the front end built around it. And you can click on the advanced instructions to see exactly how the contract actions behind that GUI are working. And it's, it's really cool. You know, I mean, basically it allows you to, we're calling it a teleport because you, as the token holder, control the tokens on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, you choose to send them 
through a black hole from ETH to your EOS account. And as part of that, we give a bonus token, which is an option of the protocol. You know, and we've gotten a lot of interest from other projects now. So, you know, I have to put my Shios hat on sometimes and, you know, help out other projects that are looking to use EOS 21 and even build upon it. So what's really cool about open source is just that other people can take what you have built as a foundation for building other things, you know? Yeah. And so I'm really glad that the girls agreed to build that with me and also Alessandro, who's a, who's one of the main developers that worked on it with me, um, building EOS 21, man, big shout out to him. Cause I don't think he gets enough credit. Well, a lot of, a lot of developers don't get enough credit. They're, they're busy building and not, you know, raising their hand up for credit. So yeah, shout out to, uh, did you say Alessandro? Alessandro, yeah. Alessandro, yeah, shout out. Um, and I went and saw the GUI. I mean, it's beautiful. You basically, you type in uh, how many uh, ETH tokens or how many tokens you have and it shows, it pops up, populates how many tokens you'll get. Um, yeah. So yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, and we'll, we're, we're going to contribute more code to it ourselves because we've learned a lot about it and it's kind of evolved. So we're going to merge a bunch of our stuff back in to EOS 21. And overall, I mean, I get hit up a couple times a week now about how people are interested in enabling ways to move tokens from ETH to EOS. So it's very interesting. That's cool. That's, that's good to hear there's a lot of activity. Um, and is it pe- people wanting to move tokens or is there a lot of projects contacting you guys Everything, man it's 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 exchanges and people who just think they can move any token and projects you know obviously this requires the project to opt in first to yeah. having tokens moved this is not a protocol for just anyone to just move tokens <laughs> when feel like it yeah, yeah. Um, that that's that's killer that that is a that's a killer um tool that's going to be hopefully used. I, I like seeing um, the, I love seeing when big projects move from other blockchains over to EOS. It just, you know, it's a little bit of an affirmation that there's good tools going on over here. We just had um, Effect AI move over, which was cool. Uh, I had another project contact me today or yesterday maybe, but they're moving over in the uh, end of April and they're a big project. So they're still in stealth as far as their move goes, but uh but yeah, saw EOS Finex today came out. And yes, and EOS Finex came out. That's exciting. Um, Bitfinex on built on EOS. It's fan- that's amazing. That's amazing. So, um, the let's talk about the uh, other things that Shios is up to. We've got the uh, Shios Foundation as well, which is scholarships, uh, or they're basically taking some of the block rewards for scholarships for um, young women in tech and tech uh, education. Yeah, definitely. It was one of the things that I'm most excited about in terms of what Shios is, is, is building is the real legacy that we have the opportunity to leave behind in terms of sharing the block rewards that we get, which are generated from the inflation on EOS and using that to fund education for women in technology. That's great. It basically like is one of the things that originally really drew me to EOS was mm-hmm. the thought of how block producers were going to be earning block rewards in all of these places all over the world and then distributing that in ways that they saw fit to support projects in their communities and also being able to use at the time what looked like was going to be WPS 
the word proposal system to also distribute and support projects around the world. Mm -hmm. How's that? Uh, how have your scholarships been going? Have you guys handed? Uh, have you started handing them out yet? Are you taking applications, or where's the process at? I am not super involved with what the foundation does day to day, but um, I know that what they've announced so far is that we have partnerships with a couple institutions, including Kingsland Academy, to provide scholarships to those, and that the women who are in Spain are actively working on this right now, and I would expect some updates very soon regarding the first round of scholarships. Killer, killer. Well, that is, I mean, that's really exciting. It's so cool to see uh, just something in the, like, like that in the, that has such a real world positive effect be born out of EOS and out of um, the, the Shios block producer. It's, it's a cool use of, like you said, it's this inflation that is going and making real things happen in the world. That's, that's freaking killer. Love it. I mean, I think whether you're a block producer or a person, you know, we, what we all get to think about is how am I being additive? How am I being part of the solution? And how am I being extractive? And how am I being a consumer? And there's a, there's a balance there where, where I always like to feel like I'm more of a net positive. And you know, I think Shios has that mission too. And, and there's some other really good block producers out there that are also just being a contribution to themselves and to society and to EOS and really using that block producer role to be a leader in there, in the world, and be giving and supporting community movements, supporting open source projects, and supporting governance, and just you know providing support to companies that want to build on EOS, and there's so much good happening. But not all block producers are that way. So I really encourage people to think about how they vote with their tokens. You know, some it seems like there's some voters who are aren't really considering long-term benefits of the network. And it's, it's difficult for us to think about long-term benefits. Like, why should I go to the gym when it feels better to eat a chocolate bar, <laughs> right? But I think that we're just getting better at this as, 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 we, as we evolve as humans. And that um, it's kind of like something that's happening around the world, like awakening to thinking about the long-term effects that we have on the environment. Think about the long-term effects we have on our country and our family and our bodies. Um, it's very interesting. And, and also, it's, a, it's the same thing with block producers. You know, Block producers, we really have to think about what are our long-term effects on the network, the choices that we make in governance, the choice that we make of what to do with our block rewards, and how we're being self-serving versus how we're being serving to the community. Because servant leadership, I believe, is, is the highest form of leadership. You know, we're not, we're not, leaders should not be at the top of the pyramid looking down. They should be on the bottom of the pyramid holding everyone up. And the more that we can do to support people and encourage them and, you know, add, just the word that comes to my mind, to be positive and to be looking for opportunities to support people that are doing good things. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a, that's a sound bite. You should probably go back and cut from this YouTube and put it on your, put it on your channel. Cause that's a, that was a fantastic, um, a fantastic take on what it means to be a block producer in the, in the bigger picture. Um, it's such a, 
it's such an important point because we've, you know, as humans, we've got kind of this mindset that we used to need to use for survival, this kind of more short term, we're, we're programmed for these short term needs and to fulfill these short term needs. But um, the way the world is now, we don't have, we don't have to necessarily think just one day ahead. We don't, we can think longer term, we can think about globally and about um, you know, 50 years down the road and what, what things are going to be like and how we want to have the impact. But, um, but it's taking our minds time to catch up, you know, and, but I, but I think you're right that people are starting to have a little bit of a mental shift. The pendulum's starting to swing back the other way a little bit. We, uh, we're getting to be a little bit bigger picture, a little bit more focused on community and, and what's happening globally. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a that's a great endorsement for Shios. Um, I have a, a proxy, Mr. Happy Money proxy, that I talked about at the end. But um, I'm I, I look at uh, empowerment, transparency, and building together. And basically, uh, I'm looking at what block pr- producers are doing big picture as a whole. I mean that what you said there was was my take on what I look for in block producers because um, there's a lot of uh, people that vote fully technically for block producers and i think that's great we need that but i also think that um there should be a mix of these block producers that are trying to positively impact the world and that aren't uh you know that that are there's all different approaches and i mean the the that that approach where with the scholarships and that bigger picture stuff is so cool so um, well well, you know what you're really cool and also i just want to take a (laughs) second to acknowledge you for all the work and effort and positivity that you put out there, Brendan, like happy money, man. Thank you for everything you do, man. You're oh, appreciate it. bright and shining light in this world. So oh. thanks for continuing on, man. Oh, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, that happy money, man, by the way, is, uh, is a lot of people think it's money, man, but it's really like, it's my, it's my equation, like putting happiness, human relationships, like fulfillment, life before money. So like happiness and then like money and all that follows. And so that's, that's what that name means. So thank I you, man. I appreciate it. And, and who you are. So cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Shios Rad, um, the foundation's cool. We've got the BP compliance movement. Um, looks like the top 50 are in compliance. I wasn't familiar with this. Uh, so could you tell people what the BB compliance movement was that Shios is doing? Yeah, the compliance movement is around the idea of essentially establishing standards around the reg producer agreement that all of the block producers signed when they enacted the reg producer command. So something that's interesting about EOS is the idea of Ricardian contracts. And a Ricardian contract is a contract that's written in plain English that you sign when you execute a command or, you know, you can be also clicking a button on a website. I hereby agree to these terms that are coded in to the command that you're executing. So when you execute the command, you are signing that uh, Ricardian contract with your signature, your cryptographic signature, which is tied to your account. Block producers sign an agreement called Reg Producer. And Reg Producer has certain clauses in it that state very simple things. I will provide an ownership over any owners that are 10% or more. I will have a public website. 
I will operate a node that allows people to connect uh, and all of these various clauses. You know, you can read about them, you can look them up. I wrote some articles about it. And there were many blog producers that were operating in total anonymity or not even operating nodes, maybe just collecting block rewards because there's no system to audit these block producers to make sure they're even running a node on the network, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so the, the compliance movement was around the idea of like, let's really find out who's running nodes and what kind of nodes are they running and who has websites that are, that we can even access. And we discovered a huge amount of block producers. I think it was as high as like 40 or 50 of them that were getting paid at some point that were had some compliance issues missing. Mm -hmm. And by the time we were done with our audits and our reach out and our letters and, and it took and it took more than just Shios. Uh, Ross from Eosphere and Tal from Liquid EOS and um, I think EOS New York and a bunch of different block producers helped out with um, um, reaching out EOS Cafe also and EOS Nation with reaching out to people, getting them onboarded, getting contact information from them so that we could be in touch with them if there's an issue. And by the end of this whole couple month saga, you know, I think we were at like over 99% of the block producers had were in compliance at that time. And that even included some exchanges, you know, who were who were operating block producer nodes that that weren't following the guidelines of the agreement that they signed. Mm -hmm. And I, I think in the future, we'll see, we'll see more of this. I really do, because I think that there's a certain level of responsibility in being a block producer that we owe to the token holders. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, you know, not just agreeing to the standards and being able to operate at a standard, but always looking to raise the bar in the services that we're providing. And at Shios, that's definitely something that that we strive for. I mean, even though we've been operating at a loss for months, and luckily we have uh, enough founding capital from the Shios founders to operate at a loss for years, we're going to buy new servers because we're doing what we think is best for EOS. And we're thinking long term. And we're buying all new uh, bare metal servers, which we already run bare metal servers, but due to a deeper understanding of the requirements for running things like a history node, we want to be able to provide that service to EOS and the history API, which provides the a history to, to query the data of uh, transactions on the chain require you to have pretty um, fast and um, a lot of they're fast servers with a lot of RAM. And that's mm -hmm. why we're upgrading so that we can provide even better infrastructure to EOS and, and what we're, what we're hoping is that token holders notice this and decide to vote for us more based on um, providing better technical support to the network. Yeah. Are, are you planning to provide a full history node or a, a light history node? All right. We already provide a light history node now. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of promotion <clears throat> and onboarding of other block producers to the light history node that Gray Mass mm -hmm. built. And shout out to Graymass, um, Justa, and NEX for providing that because it's so awesome to be able to, to be able to contribute to such a large portion of the um, API traffic 
you know, this should not fall on any one block producer's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And there's been some block producers who downplay the importance of history nodes, the network, but we want to make EOS as easy to build on as possible. Yeah. Part of that is being able to um, build applications where you can query what happened a few minutes before reliably. And that's mm-hmm. what history node can enable. So it does enable that. Well, that's, that's big time. I know. Um, yeah. I, I talked to uh gray mass to Jesta and uh, when they, you know, about a month ago when they kind of were talking about the full history node and how few block producers were running it. And what was so cool to see was this community reaction of a lot of support for gray mass for one, but then a lot of P a lot of block producers started popping up doing uh, light history nodes. And now block producers like you are going full, full on and doing full history nodes um, coming up. So, um, and there's a, a lot of good work going to full history nodes. I mean, Igor from EOS Rio has built a, uh, a system for uh, version two API that uses a lot less resources and provides the same level mm-hmm. as the deprecated history plugin. So really looking forward to running that. As cool. Well. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, kudos to you. I didn't know that your team was, uh, was buying new servers and that you were already burning bare metal also. So um, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, you're, the the team does the team does so much. A lot of these block producers actually, I find when I um, do these interviews and start talking to block producers, and I find out how much they're doing. It's like you know, it's really cool. That's why it's important for me to to talk to people about um, their block producers because it's hard to get the word out about how much teams are actually doing. Um, and a team like Shios is a good example who deserves to be higher in the ranking. Um, you know, with the EOS twenty one protocol with running bare metal history node coming up so um let's get into the next little thing uh there we go that was there you go. and and you've got a uh, fantastic green screen earlier man but yeah, yeah. uh the uh speaking to the to tech savviness of your team you're one of the few that i've seen that has a green screen that you don't have like a glowing halo behind you so <laughs> <laughs> clearly you've got it together technically <laughs> oh yeah well i mean we, we we have a little video studio here that we try to really you know take things seriously and we take everything we do seriously so yeah that's killer you know thank you um so i've got the uh, bp emergency response system you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, the re- emergency response system was sort of, it came out of um, a pre-launch survey that Thomas Cox did, where he essentially was just asking block producers, <laughs> what will you do if you need to reach another block producer? How will you know that they're actually the person involved with that block producer? And you know, what if you get a, get a message from someone who says they're another block producer and tells you to do this or that, uh, upgrade your software to this or, you know, and it really made us think about, uh, you know, how can we verify the identity of people who are involved in other block producers? And we came up with a system using Keybase. And this wasn't developed just with Shios, but we, we were leading the charge on reaching out to people, getting their contact information, verifying it in a spreadsheet that is is locked that we only share access to with people who are verified contacts that belong to block producers and getting everyone in a key base group with their verified identities so we could deal with security issues so we can deal with network issues and work together 
to get them resolved when we needed to. And there have been several times that we've needed to do something like emergency patching to keep the network going. Uh, the network's already gotten much more stable now, but in the early days, there were a lot of great opportunities to use the contact system. And even now, people still use it to reach out to block producers who, for instance, are missing many blocks in a row. You know, mm -hmm. it was just like yesterday that another block producer, StarDOS, was missed 12 rounds in a row and wasn't reachable. And, you know, people were in the emergency contact system uh, trying to find them in the top BPs channels and stuff. So, yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, another cool, cool little service um, offered by Shios. Um, and the uh, looks like one of your co-founders at Shios is, is now advising with Emanate. Is that uh, what uh, I think Vivian joined the Emanate, Emanate group? Viv is a serious boss. I mean, first of all, she is, she's so smart. She's actually very technical and she's got the most technical questions out of all of the founders. She loves to really dig in and understand things. And she's also a like world renowned DJ. She travels the world DJing. No way. She's deeply involved in music. So I think Emanate is something I haven't discussed with her. Actually, I'm learning that she's working with Emanate from you right now. Mm -hmm. But that I'm sure is really near and dear to her because she's so passionate about music and Emanate is a music platform. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, I uh, I got the chance to talk to Emanate a few months ago, and it's such a cool platform, such a cool idea. Now it's actually, uh, I think that they may be on. I, well, I'm not sure actually, but uh, there's there's test there's test uh, alpha versions out there. Um, but they are starting with the kind of the DJ and the electronic music community, so that makes sense why she might be over there. Um, that's kind of their niche, the European um, electronic music community is where they're where they're getting the toehold in. Yeah, I think that's cool, man. I, I definitely, I really like those guys. I respect those guys a lot, and um, and they're doing a lot of cool stuff. When they when I first met them here in LA, it was at like a house party where someone had invited them, and I was immediately just super impressed with their team and what they yeah. were. Yeah, killer. Um, so as we start to wind down here, um, I'd like to know a little, well, actually first, before I ask about EOS Alliance, um, is there anything that we kind of glossed over as far as Shios goes, anything that's happening um, or in the future that you'd like to, like to touch on? I guess I'd just like to give a shout out to Autumn and Wanyun, who are our community managers, because they do such a great job at, um, at communicating with me and the rest of the team and just are so dedicated to the project. So thank you guys. Awesome. Well, it's uh yeah, you guys have a great team. I got a chance to meet uh, some of your team at uh, scaling blockchain and mm -hmm. in San Francisco and uh, Oh, in the, I was a mentor at the EOS hackathon in San Francisco. So I've got to meet some of the Shios team there. Yeah. Everyone on the team is fantastic that I met. So um, it's cool. Um, so I wanted to ask about EOS Alliance, um, a little bit where that's at kind of, and what, and what's going on with, uh, with that. Yeah. Where's the EOS Alliance at? I would expect to see some more updates soon. The current, uh, you know, the plan is for EOS Alliance is to, to change what we're doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm not on the board of the Alliance. I'm just on the steering group. And it became clear that the Alliance, um, really had an important role to provide to the ecosystem uh, you know after launch when it was clear that block one 
didn't uh, didn't want to didn't want to be the source of attention in in, in regards to the main net, you know, mm-hmm. and you know they're more the source of information for EOS software, and the EOS Alliance started off as an idea of like, well, we need a place where we can focus the attention and energy and and really have like um, promotion and media and code review and management of the GitHub, like all these different things that, that we need for the mainnet and then grew into how do we support all chains and how do we have a nonprofit that supports EOS software and promotes it and gives, uh, gives the, all of the chains a place to gather together and serves all of the token holders. And um, it's been really evolving through through many meetings and conversations that we've had with block producers, side chains, and, um, and, and, and all the different members of the community to realize that what, what it really needs to be is a DAO, you know, and to do, to do a DAO on EOS where, where it provides people the ability to vote on how the funds that are raised are spent. So the DAO will essentially govern the nonprofit entity. And I think that it's going to be a really cool, really revolutionary way of approaching nonprofits. So we're really excited about it. That, that, that's killer. I think we talked about that really early in the, in the show, but that the idea of using DAOs with nonprofits is such a cool idea. Have you, um, have you worked with uh, Luke Stokes at all? And with because i know they do the uh, i know luke just moved to puerto rico and so i'll probably see him on my next trip down there to visit brock sometime but um i'm really looking forward to hanging out with you luke and getting uh, i was so impressed and inspired with luke when i read his proxy page mm -hmm. i just immediately loved how real he was how he talked about himself and his family and what he believed in and why he was doing what he does and um, I just think all around that, you know, him and Michael Yates are, are, are two people I really respect, have a lot of respect for in EOS and the work that they've done with DAC. So I'm excited to see, you know, what their, what their plans are for the DAO. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's one of my, he's one of my favorite uh, kind of thought leaders. He wouldn't consider himself a thought leader, but uh, he's a, he's a thought leader that I always like look to and I'm reading on, reading his tweets and reading his papers and just um, yeah, just such a unique mind he has. He's so intelligent. Like, yeah, he's one of my favorite people to learn from for sure. So, um, and that, that decentralized DAOs and DACs and that whole system is so, uh, revolutionary. It's so, such a game changer and it's just such a big idea too. Like looking into how it all works. It's like, okay, this is, this is, this is really amazing. <laughs> it's, but you know, it, it's going to take a lot of iteration. So um, I love I love hearing about and seeing people push that forward. So um, killer. Cool. Uh, well, we are slowly wire quickly or slowly. I don't know. We're winding down the show here, coming to the end. Um, we've talked about Sense Chat, which is just going to be awesome. I'm stoked about that. We've talked about Shios. We talked about the Alliance. Everything that's going on. Is there any kind of closing thoughts? Anything that you want to add as we as yeah. we wind down here? Of course, people. If you're out there, token holders, vote for Shios. You know, uh, vote for vote for the women of EOS. I'm so so uh, blessed to be able to support women. Women have done so much for me in my life, 
And, you know, so many of my successes are due to women. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity to work with Shios. And uh, it's been awesome. And the other thing is download SenseChat. Get on SenseChat. I know it's very bare bones right now, but there's so much good coming. And you're going to want to be part of the platform from the beginning. When we open up channel creation, it's going to be it's going to be a big advantage to people who are on the platform early is what I'll say. So, you know, get your friends on sense chat, get on sense chat, get your accounts, get set up and get ready for the ride. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. It was absolute pleasure to talk to you, get to know you a little bit more and hear how much, um, Shios is doing and, and how cool sense chat is, uh, is right now and what, what's going on there. Um, on my end, my EOS podcast friends, I have the Mr. Happy money proxy. The Mr. Happy money proxy does vote for Shios. I vote for block producers like Shios. It's all about transparency, yep, empowerment, building together, um, and and that's that's Shios is a great example of, of what I like to see in block producers. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the EOS podcast. It's also a podcast, not just a YouTube show where you to see uh, wonderful backgrounds like Ben has there. And you know, you can also listen on a podcast. Oh, there's another one. Oh, the old the EOS token symbol. I love it. The original Chestahedron. <laughs> Um, movie magic. So, um, yeah, you can listen to the podcast and then you'll miss some of this movie magic, but, uh, check out the podcast too. And, uh, that is a wrap. So Ben, thanks for coming on, man. And cheers, my EOS friends. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Brendan. The money is not the prime asset in life. Time is, and uh, your time is just a-